Let's say it. The Word of God. Let's say it like we really mean it. The Word of God is true. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell that person next to you, it's just that simple. One other thing, you can be seated. We need to pray for Stephen, who is right back there in the third row. And Stephen has been having some health challenges, but we believe that he is healed in the name of Jesus. Uh, How many stints do you have? 19 stints he has had, and he's praying about whether or not to have bypass surgery or whether to continue on. And and sometimes when you have all that done, it just really affects your system. So stretch your hands out toward him and let's pray. Father, we thank you for Stephen. We speak healing into his body. We speak for his mind to be at rest. We declare that he will live a long, healthy life serving you what the enemy has meant for harm. We thank you that you are going to turn it around, use it for good, and strengthen him in his immune system and in every area of his body. We pray that and believe that in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles... You can turn to the book of Mark. I don't know if my wife's going to join me or not. She's roaming around here somewhere, but apparently with her absence, she is not. So turn to the book of Mark, and uh, we're going to read there, and let's see if we've we've got the right group here tonight. But the question or the the title for this message that I felt like the Lord put in my spirit was, uh, what are you speaking into existence? What are you speaking and birthing into existence? If you think about that just for a moment, when you open your mouth and speak, you are speaking forth and birthing something that has the ability to change the surroundings around you, has the ability to change your perception of things, and that your words, it says in uh, Proverbs, the, the power of life and death are in the tongue, are really in our words. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. So what we're going to talk about is how our perception becomes our reality. How you perceive something becomes reality to you. If you perceive something in a negative vein, it will become to you negative. If you perceive something in a positive vein, it will become positive to you. So therefore, if we understand that the Word of God is our victory, and that the Word of God changes everything, and that God wants us to eat, breathe, sleep, think, meditate His Word, then we understand that we have the power and the authority and the dominion to speak the Word of God and to change everything based on the will of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm getting it so far. Now, if you know the will of God and the Word of God, then you have the ability to change all of your circumstances. But every single one of you have had situations, circumstances, things that have happened that seem to go contrary to what you know is the will of God. Can I see all of your hands? That's every single one of us. One of my heroes 
in the Bible, many of them, but is, is uh, Joshua. And I just love reading about Joshua. I'm reading another book about Joshua now. And the tremendous ability that he had to be a leader, and it was really based on his desire to serve. He was never looking to be a leader. He just wanted to serve, and to serve he did, and he did well. And he was promoted and he became a powerful, powerful man for God. And so every single one of us have the ability to be able to accomplish what God has for us. So there's a plan and a purpose for your life, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. So turn to your neighbor and see if they got any strength going on, okay? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Heard the story about these two ministers. I may have told this before. These two ministers were driving, and they were in different cars. One happened to be a priest, and one happened to be a Baptist. And they were at an intersection, and they ran into each other. And both cars were damaged. And they got out, and they were trying to be very friendly. And the Catholic priest got out a bottle of wine. He said, "You know, it's going to be a while till they get here. Why don't we just have a drink?" And so the Baptist was sure, and so they uh, uh, took a little bit of wine. And but the other, the the, the Catholic priest didn't drink, and he just the Baptist minister. And then he poured another little drink for the Baptist minister, and he took another drink. And finally, the Baptist minister said, "Aren't, aren't you going to have a drink?" And he said, "No, I'm going to wait for the police to arrive." <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Do you know, now this is off the message, but then but really it isn't off the message. Do you know that as long as you laugh and smile and are happy about life, the devil cannot torment you? You never will get down if you're up. Does that make sense? And that therefore what happens a lot of times is when things don't go right, we start to get down. Because we look in at the perception of everything that we see, and we're going to look in Mark chapter uh, tw uh, 11 here. Uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 22, familiar scripture to this church. You've heard it many times over the years. But Jesus said, have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you that whoever speaks to this mountain or says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will be done, he will have whatever he... This is a little slow. Are you a little slow tonight? You don't look slow. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't look slow to me. He will have whatever he... Now, that is still weak. That is pathetic. He will have whatever he? Yes. yes, he will have whatever he says. And therefore, how important is it what he says? What he says is what he'll have. Stephen is healed by the stripes of Jesus. He may describe what's going on in his body. That's not going to help him a bit. I can describe that he is healed by the stripes of Jesus, that he has the mind of Christ, and that then he starts to impart that into his surrounding. Make sense so far to all of you? Okay, and then it goes on to say, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask or speak, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will? You will have them. Vicki, are you up against anything that doesn't seem to be lining up against the word, uh, with the Word of God? Yes. Now, but what is, what is truth? The Word of God is truth. Yeah. Now, say it like you mean it. The Word of God is truth. Let's say it. The Word of God, Word of God. is truth. So, therefore, we become an oracle 
speaking the word of God, regardless of what we see, we're not moved by what we see. We see what we believe. I want to say that again. We see what we believe. We have prosperity because the word of God says so. We have the mind of Christ because the word of God says so. We are blessed coming and going because little slow, but better. We have, (laughs) we are blessed because how many of you realize when the devil comes, he likes for you to be wimpy? Oh, guys, here comes the devil again. He, no, no, we command the devil. Turn to your neighbor and tell him the devil's under our feet. Word of God says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Therefore, we are steadfast, we are immovable, we are always abounding in the work of the Lord. And when you get that deep within your spirit and you start to live that, it will change everything. Now, I want to give you the definition of perception and the definition of Holy Spirit guidance. The definition of perception. Uh, I hope we have that up there for the screen. The definition of perception, um, am I seeing a head shake? No. Okay. The ability to see, hear, and become aware of something through your senses. If you look that up in the dictionary, that's what the word means. The ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through your senses. We can see things And through our senses, we can describe them, but they don't necessarily line up with the Word of God. Can you say amen to that? What we do is we bring alignment to our situation based on the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, not on our senses. We can sense that things aren't going right. We can sense that I don't feel well. We can sense that our mind is not correct. We can sense that people aren't happy. We can do a lot of things through our senses, but they are not called to lead and guide us. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, this is worth the price of admission. Omission, I said, admission. (laughs) Okay, now, Holy Spirit guidance is the ability to hear in your spirit. I'm going to show you this scripturally in just a moment. The ability to hear in your spirit what the Holy Spirit has been told by God that he wants you to know. In other words, the Holy Spirit... Hears from God. Now, I know the Trinity, three and one, but the Holy Spirit hears from God, brings the will of God, brings the word of God, and speaks to us what he wants us to know. And therefore, then, we begin to act like the word of God is true. And the book of Acts is all about the leading of the Holy Spirit for the people of God, and when they would act upon what God told them, the miraculous move of God took place, and everything that God wanted to be accomplished would be accomplished. So therefore, we have to do the same thing. Our perception becomes reality. The question is, what are you speaking into existence? How many of you would love to have a recording of everything that you say or think all day long? Some heads are going no, some heads are going yes. I think it would be a great idea. I think it would be a great idea at night before you go to bed, just punch that little button and listen to it and say, I didn't say that. I didn't think that. But you know 
that there are things that you sometimes say and sometimes think that are not that are contrary to the will of God. You don't want to birth those things. You want the power of God to operate in your life. So therefore, you have to take every negative that comes your way, turn it into a positive. You have to take every situation and circumstance and thought and cast it down if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Because otherwise, you'll be just like the people of the world, up and down depending on a circumstance are depending upon how you view with your sensory realm the situation. You can look in your checkbook and determine that you don't have any money. Or you can look in the book of uh, God's book, the Bible, and you can determine that God will meet all of your blessings, all everything that you have according to his riches and glory. So therefore, one thing inspires us, the other thing depresses us. Can I see the hands of all the people that from time to time your checkbook impresses you or depresses you or whatever you? <laughs> you, know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. We're not moved by what we see. We're moved by what we believe. Matter of fact, let's all say that. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. And what we believe is what we birth upon this earth. Now, we are speaking things that are not as if they were. And if you, if you want to uh, hear this scripture, uh, see the scripture, it's Roman, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. God himself speaks things that are not as if they were. This is the... Romans 4.17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, talking about Abraham in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Now, Abraham understood this principle. In verse 21 and 22, or 20 and 21, it says, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced. Everybody say that. Being fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he had promised and that God was able to perform it. Can I see the hands of all the people? You believe God is capable of doing whatever he says. So let's all say it. Lord, I believe you are capable of doing whatever you say. So therefore, you and I need to know what? What God said. And once we know what God said, the issue becomes settled. You all with me? The issue becomes settled. God said it. I believe it. The issue is settled. What I see with my natural eyes, what I feel and sense with my senses is irrelevant. What is important is what did God say because God is well able to perform his word. And I'll just give you a couple of examples here quickly in my own life. Some of them I probably shared before, but you all know the story of my nephew, Matthew, who is in, prison, uh, in jail, not in prison in uh, Denver. And I don't know how many times I have talked with him and prayed with him on the phone. Uh, you know that we went out to get him one time and, and appeared in court and just had, just had the favor of God. And they let him leave the state and come home with us. And he was here for a while. 
and uh, he didn't make it. He he left, and and it was it was a real difficult time for all of us because I thought this was it. Have you ever been on the verge of? I think this is it. How many how many of you know what I'm talking about? This is it. This is it. This is the time, and and it didn't happen. And it was just it it wasn't so much the money, although there's a lot of money involved. We got ready to take him out of uh, out of Denver, and we're sitting there. And I know this this particular situation may not relate to you, but, but there's something like this that's relating to you and your family. And, and, and so we, we, we appeared before the judge, and the judge was extremely, extremely kind and, and so thankful that I was there and so thankful that God, that, that, that Matthew was getting another chance. He's only 23 or 22 at the time. And, uh, and so everything was going well, and the doors opened, and Matthew's coming home with me, and he's going to get a new start, and he's rededicated his life to the Lord or whatever, and, you know, maybe giving it to the Lord for the first time. We, we really didn't know but didn't care. We just wanted him out of there. And so we, the final hurdle is to go to the probation department and have him sign off. I thought that would be really, really a, a, an interesting time. And so we're sitting there with the probation department and uh, getting ready to sign him out. And I said, by the way, he owes $3,000 in back pa- uh, penalties and whatever for the probation department. And I said, well, can we work out something? He said, no, he, he won't. He can't, you can't take him out of the state until you pay it. So there I'm sitting there with a credit card, no money, but a credit card, and the opportunity to bring Matthew out for $3,000. Now, it wasn't the money. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's never about the money. It's never about the money, but it was about doing what God wanted us to do. And I know, and there's my wife. Give her a hand. She come in to hear my voice. Oh, hallelujah. She's not late. No. Good to see you. Honey. You want to come up here with me, or are you going to sit there and just, you just have those these lovely eyes? You're just going to sit there and look at me. Okay. Anyway. Every, I'm, I, you're coming in on part of the story about Matthew. Everything was going so great. And we were doing what God said, and we saw God open the doors, and he comes home. And then, to make a long story very short, it didn't work out. He fell right back, relapsed, went right back to Denver. And, and, but now, now there's always another time. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's always another time. Always another chapter, always another segment to the story. Now it seems like it's really taken. Now he's ready to come back again. Now he's really seemingly got his life together. The letters that I read from him are just full of Scripture and words and and encouragement, and I'm really excited about it. And he calls on a regular basis. I believe we're going to see Matthew very shortly again back here because God's going to reopen the door that closed. How many of you have got a lot of doors that have closed that you thought we're going to open and all of a sudden they closed all over again and you can be so down when that happened i was down when they left we were all down for a while and then it's like well praise god god knows what he's doing abraham said he was fully convinced that whatever god said he was going to do god will pretty weak again folks god's going to do whatever he said he will do and so therefore we get to the point when we realize it didn't work out the way I thought it would when I thought it would, but I know what God said. And if I know what God said, the issue is? The issue is? So therefore, we have a lot of settled issues, don't we? How many of you are facing some things in the sense realm? They don't look good. Can I see your hands? But you know what God said. Can I see your hands? So therefore, the issue is? The issue is? 
You know what God's will is. You know God is good and ready to do it, but you just don't know the time frame that he's going to do it. But God will do what he said he would do. God speaks things that are not as if they were. That's why when you see lack in your finances, lack in a relationship in a family, lack in situations, don't play God and try to do what God is going to do. Just know and birth what you know God told you to do and what God said. And I I know that I say this a lot, but if you do not have a prayer journal, you are missing what God is trying to speak to you. Because what you do is you hear it sometimes during the course of the day if you're quiet, but what happens more times than not is it comes, it goes, and you don't have it recorded. But if you record in your prayer journal what God said, if you put down, I want to read to you what happened to me just the other day. I was praying about a situation, a circumstance, and this is what I heard. I don't think it was a rebuke, but it made me laugh. Now, only I know what I was going through. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So when when I read this to you, it's like, well, it doesn't make any sense to me. It made perfect sense to me because of what I was going through. You are not anyone's source. I am. Your responsibility is to hear clearly the leading. Is it hot in here or is it just me? Is it hot in here? It's not hot? It is hot? It's me. Oh, glory to God. I'm never hot. That's why I wondered. You are not anyone's source. I am. Your responsibility is to hear clearly the leading of my spirit and to follow. Obedience to the leading of my spirit will bring my blessings upon the scene. I know what that meant. I was trying to make something happen that I knew was God's will, but I didn't know that God was telling me to do it, but I wanted to do it anyway. Can I see the hands of all the people who know what I'm talking about? And I can see all the hands of the people who have tried to play God from time to time, not realizing that that's what you were doing. God will do it right the first time. We will mess up God's plan by getting in the way of what he's trying to do with situations and circumstances of people. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse, uh, we'll turn over there if you have your Bibles. It, it's a powerful scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 How many of you, and this will take a big person to really admit it, how many of you in situations and circumstances, especially when it's emotionally charged, have a tendency to open your mouth too quickly and let things come out? Whoa, my goodness, glory to God. That looks like about 90%. You turn to your neighbor, tell him you came on the right night. Now, you don't have to turn back, but you could say big mouth. No, what? You got to watch your mouth. Because every word you say is a birth that goes forth and affects the spiritual atmosphere around you, and it will affect your mind, and it will affect other people. And when you start to say things, you know what, it's, you know what I'm talking about. You say, oh, I wish I could take that back. You can't take back a single word you spoke. That thing has been birthed, and it's out there. You can curse the root of it and hope it dies, but that word is out there. You know it. I know it. And guess what? God knows it, and the devil knows it because he's trying to activate that word so that it can get root, so that it can go deep into the ground and affect you and other people around you. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, it really isn't hot in here. Glory to God. Okay. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, 
I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and then we, we believe and then we, Brad, have you ever spoken before you've determined what you believe? Or shall I ask Sandy? Because you're a little slow on that. Sandy would say yes, I think. And let me see the hands of all the people. You speak sometimes before you know what you believe. You just speak. When we talked about speaking to mountains, there's a big difference between speaking to a mountain and describing a mountain. A lot of people like to describe the mountains in their life. That word mountain means some type of an insurmountable object that stands between you and the will of God or the Word of God. Every single one of us have them. The devil is out there seeking who who he can kill, steal, and to destroy from. And so he brings mountains in our lives that seem insurmountable. There's a difference between describing the mountain. Oh, woe is me. I got this problem. I got that problem. This mountain is confronting me. Oh, my goodness. This is never going to happen. The kids are all in jail. My dad's ran away. My, my, you know, my, what is the number one song when I was a senior in high school? I never will forget this. I used to be into country music. I still like country music, but I don't like the words to it, but, but uh, it was the, the, the number one song in country music when I was a senior was, I'll pick you up on my way down. You remember that? Joe remember, or Jerry, you remember? Do you remember that song? Can you sing it? Come on down here. <laughs> I'll, 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 talk about a downer. I'll pick you up on my way down. And what happens then is that when we understand that the first thing we have to do when we see an adverse situation is determine what do I believe about this? Let's all say that. One more time. One more time. And then we speak based on faith, not based on what we see, but based on what is the will of God regarding this mountain that just appeared. And therefore, we begin to live our life based on, I now know what I believe. I believe that Matthew is going to serve God, going to be a powerful man of God, going to be in the ministry for God, and has a heart for all those street people that are just whacked out on drugs, and he's going to be used mightily of God in that arena. I believe I heard that. I haven't seen anything yet other than a few recent letters that would validate that, but I believe that's the will of God. I believe I have that written in my prayer journal. Therefore, I know what to speak. So when I hear... He just got arrested for stealing from Walmart. He just got arrested. I'm telling you the truth. These are things that I get reports on. Just got arrested because he was stealing from Walmart. Just got arrested because he's dealing drugs on the street in the inner city of Denver. Just got arrested. That's a mountain that is not insurmountable because I know the will of God. And the will of God is to use him for his glory. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, got to know the will of God. And then, therefore, what we're doing is birthing that continually. One other story I'll give you here, and then a couple more scriptures. I know, I know this one I've, I've used before over the years, but it just blesses me continually. When we were on staff at Victory, how many of you, it, it's, it's not a bad thing to admit, but how many of you know that you have abundance and that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in every area of your life, including your finances, 
but you certainly are waiting to see some of that financial stuff start to flow. You, you know what I'm talking about. You, you believe it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. But when, when we're on staff there, there was a period of time when in the very beginning of the ministry, first few years, they were able to borrow money from the bank, and they thought it was a miracle of God at the time, and they ended up $3 million in debt. And they could not service the debt. And most of you have heard this story before. They went for a period of time trying to service the debt and try to take care of the cash flow on the $3 million of debt. When God spoke to Pastor Billy Joe and said, you've made a mistake. It was not my will to build on this property. It was not my will for you to have that air dome. And you have made a mistake. He had to repent before God. He had to repent before the congregation. He didn't have to. He repented before God. He repented the congregation. And he put the building up for sale. He put the land up for sale. And through a miraculous series of events, when people said, you'll never sell that building for $3 million. I think that was what they were offering. Wasn't it $3 million? I think it was $3 million. It's in his book. You'll never sell that building for $3 million. It was in a time of uh, downturn on, on all of it. And God sent Sam Walton down Lewis Street, Sheridan down Sheridan Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Sam Walton saw the property. It was a used car dealership converted to a church that looked like a church that had been a used car dealership. It didn't look like anything that anybody would particularly want. And Sam Walton heard the story and gave the church $3.1 million. In one moment's time, the church went from a $3 million debt to $100,000 in the bank. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, God's no respecter of persons. We've all made mistakes. We've all said things we shouldn't have said. We've all done things we shouldn't have done. But we never have reached the point of no return with God. We can always repent of it. We can always get back on track and say, God, what is it that you have for me? Because God's plan for your life has never changed. Tell your neighbor that. God's plan, God's plan for your life hasn't changed. It has not changed. Now, what we've got to do is realize that God has given us power, authority, and dominion, and that the devil has been defeated. James 4, 7 says, if you're submitted to God, you resist the devil, he will flee. He will come back again and attack again. He'll flee from you when you're doing what God's called you to do, although he will come to try to stop you from doing what God's called you to do. But when you meet him with your power, your authority, and your dominion, he will withdraw he will get away from you until he regroups to come back and attack you again. You will always be under attack or just repelling attack of the devil the rest of your time on this earth. Turn to your neighbor and say, I thought this was good news. <laughs> it is the good news. You got the victory. Whenever you see the devil coming, you should just lick your lips and say, here he comes again. He hadn't, turned, he hasn't learned his lesson. I have the power. I have the authority. I have the dominion. A lot of times people get weary in well-doing because they get weary of the attacks of the devil. The Word of God says in 1 Peter chapter 5, he walks about as a roaring lion, 1 Peter 5, 8. He walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. 
The way he can destroy God's plan for your life is to get you to think contrary to the will of God and start speaking forth words contrary to the will of God. So that what happens then is instead of the power of God coming out of your mouth, you start to get into agreement with the devil even though you know you don't want to. You start confessing, I do have lack. I do have sickness. I do have poor health. My kids don't like me. Nobody seems to like me. I'm down all the time. I have a mind that's always tormented. Every single one of those thoughts are contrary to the will of God for your life, and you are coming into agreement with God, with, with the devil. Now, some people might say, oh, no, wait a minute. I have a tormented life. I have a tormented mind. All of those things you just said are true. In the realm of the sensory realm, they're true. In the realm of the spirit, based on the leading of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, those are not true. God has given you what? A sound mind. God has given you blessing after blessing after blessing. The Word of God says when we're obedient to His Word and His will, the blessings of God come upon us and overtake us. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. We are blessed. That's why when we say we're blessed coming and we're blessed going, if you're living, eating, and meditating the Word of God. And that's why I love Joshua, because in spite of some challenges that he had, Joshua 1, 8, and 9 is basically the way he led his life. When he was told by God, if you will meditate the Word of God day and night, you will make your way prosperous, and you will have great success. Don't ever be dismayed, Joshua. And Joshua lived that type of life, one of the greatest leaders God ever had because he learned through discipline and serving to meditate the Word of God daily. By meditating the Word of God, he'll change your heart. Now, in Matthew chapter 16, we're going to read there one of the most, for me, one of the most powerful scriptures in the entire Bible. It's talking about how Jesus, when, when he had asked the disciples, who do people, who do men say that I am? Basically, he was getting down to the point of recognizing that he was the Son of God. And that when Peter answered and said, uh, that, you, uh, that you, uh, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are Christ. You are the Son of God. And Jesus, in verse number 18, said, And I say to you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I will give you the keys. Everybody say keys. One more time. One more time. Keys represent authority. If you study that word in the Greek, it means authority. I will give you the authority on this earth to bind and loose. You will be able to bind the work of the enemy. You will be able to loose my power on this earth. How do we have the power to bind and to loose? It's with your spoken word. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have that power. Now, when you say, <clears throat> I hope this comes out right, because, because I, I don't want it to sound like you can't describe something. There are times when I've sh shared with my wife, she'll say, how are you doing? And every once in a while, I have a little digestive challenges going on. But she'll say, how are you doing? And I said, I have, I have felt better in previous times or whatever, and that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Now, I know 
enough to know that if I go to a doctor, I need to be truthful with the doctor so that they can give me a good analysis. But I'm not going to walk around saying that things aren't working good in my digestive system. I have the digestive system that is healed by the stripes of Jesus. I have the mind of Christ. I refuse to think a negative thought. Now, I know I do sometimes, but I am not going to live by thinking the wrong thought because then I'll go the wrong direction. Does that make sense? Okay, so what we have to do is realize that every word that you say has the potential to loose the power of the devil in your life or to loose the power of the word of God. So when a person uh, uh, in Numbers chapter 13, 30, and 31, it's, it's, it's the culmination not the culmination, but it's, uh, it's halfway through uh, when, when the children of God were on the edge of the promised land that God said, I'm going to give to you. God said, I'm giving it to you. Twelve spies came back. Ten of the spies came back. And in verse 1330, Caleb and Joshua said, we've looked out the land. We've seen everything that's there. We are well able. Four words. Everybody say it. Four words. Let's just say we are well able. Ten of the spies came back, and they said, they described the land, and then they said, we are not able. Four words. Four words changed the destiny of the will of God and opened the door to the devil for every one of those 21 years of age and over to die in the desert to die in the desert and not inherit the promised land. Why? Because they refused to speak the word of God because God said, I am giving you the land. We do the same thing. Let me show you how this works. Now, don't be silly. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be silly. As I said, I don't even think you want to say this. I'll say it for you. I am sick. I am healed. Which one brings the power of God? I am healed. I am healed. I have divine health. But I don't feel like it. I don't feel good. I don't feel well. I don't feel bad. I, I, I just, uh, da, 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 da. before you know it, you're uh, yoking up and plugging in to the things of the devil. Does it mean in the realm of your senses that you don't feel that way? No, you feel that way, but you're describing a mountain that's coming and building in your life, and sometimes we make the mountain bigger than it is, and we can switch right over and say, I speak to that mountain that I have the mind of Christ. I speak to that mountain that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I speak to the mountain. I'm, I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. I speak to the mountain. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I speak to the mountain that Matthew is God's responsibility and not my responsibility. All my responsibility is, is to do whatever God says. Can you say amen to that? Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're just responsible to do what God tells you. And now turn back and ask him, are you doing what God has told you to do? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I do remember the time being in Peru, India, a Peru, a, a Peru, the country of Peru, Lima, Peru, and, and with Terry Hinshaw and John. John was with us and ministering at this VBI graduation. I don't know how many had, two, three hundred students. A lot of people were there that night. 
And I remember there's a part in, in the message when I was talking about doing God's will and that if you line up and do what God tells you to do, the blessings of God flow. And if you don't, they don't. And I said, but how many of you, you know, know God's told you to do things and you're not doing them? And it was, there was an interpreter there and it seemed like every hand in the place went up. And I turned to the interpreter and I said, maybe I said that wrong or maybe you said that wrong, but, you know, something just doesn't seem right. He said, no, I'll say it again. He said it again. And it seemed like every hand went up. Now, these are Bible students. These students have been in school for two years. And it seemed like every hand went up again. I said, I, I must not be saying it right. Let's do it one more time really slow. Did it one more time. Every hand went up again. And I thought to myself, wow, I wonder how many people in the body of Christ are out of position by wanting God to do something on down the road but they're trying to ignore what God has told them to do right where they are. God is not like that parent that says, don't do that, but then they're going to bless you anyway. Have you ever been there as a parent? You know, if you do that one more time, you can't have this ice cream. Oh, well, what the heck? Here's the ice cream. Be quiet. You know, whatever. You know, that's obviously not being a good parent. That's setting a bad precedent, but I've raised my hand. I've done it, and we probably all have. God's not like that. If you're not going to get it right the first time, God's not going to give you a multiple choice. Matter of fact, that'd be good to tell your neighbor. Tell him, tell him there, there's no multiple choice with God. You can do nothing to cause God not to love you, but there's no multiple choice. Okay, moving right along here. Let's all say it. I have the power to bind and to loose. You do have that power. Don't let it go by the wayside. Matthew chapter 16, my beautiful wife was here Sunday, had an awesome message on the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and this is so powerful because when we started out, we talked about how God brings forth through his Holy Spirit the will of God. I don't know how this works in heaven. I just know what the Word of God says. God tells the Holy Spirit what he wants you to know. And the Holy Spirit comes down here and tells you. Jesus came to defeat the work of the devil and powers and principalities. Kind of like a tag team match. I don't know if God wants me to describe it that way or not. But a tag team match. Jesus came down and set the whole house in order. Set it all in order by defeating the devil and powers and principalities. He went back and he said, Holy Spirit, you're on. And sent the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And the Holy Spirit came down. And in John chapter 16, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing right now if we'll plug in. John 16, verse 13. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you or he will show you all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but what he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come are the things that God has for you. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and give it or declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say he will take of mine and he will give it to you. So what will the Holy Spirit do? He will come and he will speak to you and he will speak into your spirit what he wants you to hear and what he wants you to hear is what he wants you to do and he'll show you how to do it he'll show you when to do it and it will be what you will put in your prayer journal and your prayer journal right here years ago 
this would have been in, oh gosh, 1983-84, I don't know for sure. We were sitting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Dr. Lester Summerall just introduced at a dinner with Billy Joe Doherty that he was starting, uh, that he had a vision from God while he was in Israel, and the vision was to start Feed the Hungry, that it would impact the world that the greatest need the world would have in the end times would be food and water. And shortly after that, we were out there in Tulsa, just somewhat nobody's on staff at the church there. And I have in my prayer journal that that, that our ministry would eventually intersect with Feed the Hungry. Didn't even know what that meant, but I have it in my prayer journal. Fast forward to about 2007 on a dirt road in the South Sudan. Two men, three men come down the road, come in, identify themselves to Stanley and I. One is Stephen Radulich the director of Feed the Hungry in South Bend, Indiana. The other two are guys from the agricultural school at Purdue who live in Carmel, Indiana, and the intersection came together. And since then, there has been a relationship somewhat with feed the hungry. God said that years and years ago. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's important we live God's word. God's word will never return void. And when you begin to meditate the word of God day and night, you start to make your way successful and prosperous. It's not you, it's God doing it, but it's you plugging into what God has for you. I think I used this example a couple of weeks ago. But I was ironing a shirt not too long ago. And, and as I ironed this shirt, I, I have a, 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 a reputation of not being too good on irons because they frustrate me. And sometimes I know I shouldn't, but I get frustrated with an iron. And I take out the frustration on the iron because it's not working right with the steam. And uh, somewhat like a laptop. But anyway, that's another story. But, but, but anyway, the, this, uh, this thing wasn't working right on my shirt. And how many of you realize if you've got a, an iron that gets a little bit cold on you and it's got a little residue on you, it just comes off on your shirt. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. And, and so this thing was, just, I just was about ready to smash this iron. I'm thinking, not another iron. And I looked over and I saw it come unplugged. It was unplugged from the power source. So it wasn't the iron's fault. It was the fault that it wasn't plugged in. I, and God showed me when I went over and plugged it in. That's what happens to a lot of people. In the body of Christ, they unplug from the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit, and they start to look at everything going on that isn't lining up the way they think it should, and they start to drain the power. They start to drain it. You can't drain the power of God. You can't drain the power of the Holy Spirit, but you can pull away from it to where it's not working in your life. And we need to get back to the point when we're letting the power of the Holy Spirit flow through us and change lives and change our life. Let's all stand to our feet. God's got a wonderful, wonderful plan for each and every one of you. And the Word of God, I, I just love the Scripture that we read earlier, Matthew sixteen, nineteen that we have been given the power and the authority and the dominion by Almighty God. What we bind on this earth is bound in the heavenlies. What we loose on this earth is loosed in the heavenlies. And God wants to bless us, not just to bless us, but to accomplish the plan and the purpose that He has for our life. No matter what you're going through today or what you will ever go through, God will go through it with you. And God will use it to strengthen you. The Word of God in, 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 in Romans chapter 8, God will use all things for good to those who love God 
and are called according to his purpose. Are you called according to his purpose or have you gotten locked up with something that's not going right in your life? Has, has the enemy taken your joy? But I want to rephrase that. Enemy can't take your joy. You can give it away. He can't take it from you. He can't take anything from you unless you let him have it. Don't let him have it. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment?